It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. My name's Ed Huglin. I'm your host for this evening. Today, we're going to be discussing the Stockholm Syndrome, insanity, culture wars, and complacency as the cognitive war continues. In January of 2021, I wrote an article about the Stockholm Syndrome regarding the continued allegiance of Black Americans to the Democratic Party despite the real and devastating impacts of the Democrat policies on Black Americans specifically. It's time to dust off that two-year-old article and update it to speak to the Stockholm Syndrome and its wider impact, not just on Black Americans, but all Democrats who continue to vote Democrat, despite what we and they see daily. The result of Democratic policies and the crap holes they are creating across America are evident to everyone. But they continue to vote for the same, expecting something different. So today I'm going to speak to the Stockholm Syndrome and how it applies in understanding why Democrats continue to vote for the same party and then expecting a completely different outcome. Something some people note, I think it was Einstein, is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. But we must add, we must add to this group of Republicans who continue to vote for rhinos like Romney, Murkowski, and Graham, McConnell, and others who've shown their allegiance is not to our country nor our Constitution, but is more aligned with the Democrats' dystopian intent. I'll then cover how this syndrome is being expanded by the appropriation of the transgender issue. Yes, appropriation of the transgender issue being used to further divide Americans and its use as a weapon to attack, censor, and subjugate people, not advance individual rights. The radical left seeks not to advance transgender rights because transgenders already have, like all Americans, under our Constitution, the Bill of Rights and Civil Rights the same rights of every other American. They seek to weaponize, to silence, control, censor, and subjugate you, me, and others. They want uniformity of control, uniformity of thought. And that's where they're trying to go with this. <clears throat> I'll speak about the ongoing cognitive war, but as many who are ill-informed view this as a, just a cultural war. This is far more than just a cultural war. This is ideology, religion, and issues being used in a variety of ways and means, those ways with a variety of means in education, social indoctrination, economics, and others to drive towards absolute power. And I'll close today by discussing what some of the impacts are that we're seeing and why we, why we must be ready for more radical and more dramatic attacks by the left, as I've spoken about before. Because we must be ready for Americans' Armageddon. They take this seriously, and we must take it seriously, too. They plan ahead. We do not. But we must start to plan and prepare. We must take the most critical and necessary steps to forestall America's Armageddon. We must be ready to do what is absolutely necessary, accuse them, then try them, the president, 
his attorney, General Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and others like Hillary Clinton, Mayorkas, Brennan Clapper, Comey, all of them must be accused and tried for treason because they have subverted this country. They have conducted an insurrection against this country, and impeachment is just not the right path to take. So the Stockholm Syndrome. Many people probably remember the Stockholm Syndrome from Patty Hearst when she was brainwashed and working with her captors and then ended up robbing a bank, getting arrested. But let's look at the definition of the Stockholm Syndrome by Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. It is the psychological tendency of a hostage to bond with, identify with, or sympathize with his or her captor. Let me just repeat that. The psychological tendency of a hostage to bond, identify, or sympathize with his or her captor. And this is where I think we are in America today, as we see progressive liberal cities go to hell in a handbasket. Yet at the same time, the people who are in those blue states and blue cities continue to vote for Democrats expecting a different outcome. It is amazing that after six decades of continued decline of the Black and other minority communities in terms of real poverty, drug use, incarceration, child abuse, abortions, murders, etc., in predominantly Democrat-run cities and states, that we still find a majority of minorities, liberal college-educated white women, and a variety of men still voting for the Democrat Party. And likewise, <clears throat> as I said up front, we find many Republicans still voting for rhinos. Both of them are expecting a different outcome. Both of them, I think, are experiencing the Stockholm Syndrome. Remember the history of the Democratic Party. It is the party of slavery, the party that fought to enslave our nation, the party that fought for, against the Civil Rights Act and passed laws and policies under the Obama and Biden administration, supported by the likes of Kamala Harris, which incarcerated even more blacks and minorities. It is the party of the KKK Grand Wizards, Robert Byrd and his, his kind, who are praised and, and applauded by the Democrats and Biden. And it's a party of today's squad, of which one of them noted about illegals, Jayapal, that we need illegal aliens to pick our vegetables and clean our homes. Now, how racist is that? How racist is that, yet she's not called out for it? If anyone else said that of any other race, they'd be condemned as a racist. But the squad members go ahead, push this racist rhetoric, and have nothing happen to them. Not much has changed over the last 150 years in the Democratic Party. The Democrats have copied and learned from the likes of radicals and domestic terrorists over the last 150 years. They've been implementing the tactics from the far-left handbook of radicalization for decades, along with the likes of Bill Ayers and Reverend Wright, terrorist and racist, respectively. They've gotten cozier with the likes of Louis Farrakhan, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and other racist extremists that Democrats have now normalized. They thrive. They thrive with other radical domestic terrorists and allies like BLM, Antifa, and Obama's friend, Bill Ayers. Only now they play and they grow their army of domestic terrorists even further. We saw this from 2016 on. Today, the Democratic Party continues to pander, 
to preach and use propaganda to demonize its opponents, conservatives primarily. It supports left-wing Marxists like BLM and applauds Nazi-like fascists like Antifa. They normalize violence, looting, arson, anarchy, and the assassination of police, while ignoring the massive yearly slaughter of black by blacks in liberal progressive cities. That is, of course, until election time comes. Or that is, of course, until they can find an excuse to then remove your Second Amendment rights. All this while they continue the attacks on innocents who try to defend themselves and their businesses. It appropriates issues like transgenderism, which I'll talk about in, in the next segment, for the 03 to 0.5% of the population, not to advance individual rights, but to subjugate and silence the majority of Americans. They try to normalize a 03 to 0.5% as being the 85 to 90% of Americans. That's BS. This is utopian. It's Orwellian. It's dystopian. It's freaking delusional. Just a few terms that come to mind based on what they're doing here. So why in the world, why in the world would we continue to support, would Democrats continue to support a party that has advanced such continued rapid and expanded decline, not only of blacks and minorities, but of all races? In fact, they have expanded and created a new plantation of dependency, which is far more inclusive and far more brutal in its subjugation than a previous plantation. The answer is, is an understanding of Stockholm Syndrome. There's two key elements to consider here. First, Democrats have very effectively pushed the false narrative for so long in a manner similar to the Saudis, the Palestinians, the communists, etc., that depicts others, others as the true boogeyman, because they need a boogeyman. They need some sort of boogeyman to highlight and distract people's attention, to blame their problems on. Or do they create their own boogeyman? Remember QAnon? Anyone? QAnon. Well, just recently, they revived QAnon in order to attack the movie The Sound of Freedom about child sex trafficking and pedophilia to advance a perverted thirst of those in their party for child pedophilia and child grooming. QAnon came back out because they need a boogeyman to explain why all this child sex trafficking is happening because it's not real. It's a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory created by QAnon, the people who you've never heard again for over two and a half to three years, but who were supposedly the biggest boogeyman in the world that we had to worry about. Remember that in the last election? Second, using that perpetual false narrative, they've had also condemned, attacked, and assassinated the character of anyone who stated different views as racist or white supremacist or other. It doesn't matter the race either. They've called blacks, they've called Indian Americans, they called Hispanic Americans, all racist or white supremacists. They're aided by a biased and comprom compromised media that's no longer a free press, but who have whored themselves out to advance the ideological left narrative of the communist, the Marxist, and socialist views, because that's one of the ways they seek to subjugate us through that ideology. Yes, our once venerable fourth estate, the free press, has become a subversive fifth column of propaganda horrors in our society today. 
And you could tell by just the polls that go on out there on a, on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. 20% or less of Americans trust the poll, trust the press now anymore. As such, over time, it's understandable that the majority of liberals and some rhino lovers have fallen into the victim realm, as we refer, refer to as the Stockholm Syndrome. They empathize with their captors. For those like me who've grown up in a truly dysfunctional environment, we know you will never grow, understand, or understand or accept what normal is unless you extract yourself from those environments and move to a ground that allows one to understand both what is normal as well as what is dysfunctional. But the Democrats don't want to happen, so they perpetuate their plantation dependency and expand that plantation dependency with the illegals are bringing it now. Because what they want to do is they want to remain, want you and others to remain in a dysfunctional environment. Dysfunctional environment where they cannot discern what is normal and what is acceptable behavior. And that's where transgenderism comes in again. The child abuse, the drug abuse, the incest, the molestation, the pedophilia, all abhorrent behaviors they try to paint as somehow normal and that you're the victims and so you're not accountable. Hogwash. So the cycle continues from generation to generation. Doesn't matter in the minority, white or other poor communities, it matters not what color or race you are. Dysfunction rules your life, destroys your life and precludes or restricts one from ever escaping the cycle of dysfunction. And this is where the Democrats like to keep people because it creates a level of dependency. So let's look at the last few years, BLM, Antifa, and other miscreants, including those in government who were all applauded. All these people were applauded and supported by the Democrats for looting, for the riots, for the civil unrest, the anarchy, the doxing of politicians, the harassment and abuse of innocents at restaurants, and even attacking people in their homes demonstrated their homes illegally, like the SCOTUS demonstrations. What may have started in the summer of love has continued to present day across liberal progressive cities. Democrats like Pelosi, Schumer, AOC, The Squad, Clyburn, Biden, Harris, Sanders, Waters, Warner, Kane, and others across the Democrat left wing either applauded, supported, or sought funding to keep these violent acts going. So many Americans forget that thousands of businesses were boarded up to protect their investments from mayhem when Trump won the 2020 election. But the coup obliterated the need for their domestic terrorist armies, ready to cause mass chaos and anarchy. So once Biden took over the election in a variety of ways, the army stood down. They no longer needed to cause mass chaos and anarchy, but they will the next time. The left persuaded that, that, that the January 6th crowd was the enemy, was the boogeyman, but they completely ignored and continue to this day the massive destruction, the murder, the fraud, and felonies across America undertaken, undertaken to subvert a duly elected president. An insurrection and subversion led by Democrats. They then buried and blocked and hid the truth, weaponized the justice system, and drove other false narratives to bury there and Biden's corruption, as we see today. The destruction continues today, further enabled by Soros-backed district attorneys who coddle the criminals, punish the innocents, and try to stop them or even protect themselves. 
and aided and abetted by treasonous senior leaders across the Department of Justice, the FBI, Department of State, the DOD, and the intelligence community. Every day, a left-wing Antifa demonstration that turns violent the Marxist Democrats, Democrats call for all sorts of tyrannical punishment on free speech of conservatives. The big social media companies, I call them the socialist media companies, quickly circle the wagons and begin censoring, blocking, and destroying any means of conservatives to talk and speak. As such, the only real explanation of why Democrats continue to support a party even that has enslaved blacks and added more and more layers to the 21st century plantation dependency is, in fact, the Stockholm Syndrome. It's time to highlight the Stockholm Syndrome. This is an ongoing cognitive war. It is real. It is the existential front to our republic security and resilience. Unless Democrats and rhinos, rhinos wake up, their insanity continually voting for the same and expecting a different, they are very likely to deliver hell on earth for themselves. And they deserve it. Why? Because accountability is a wonderful thing. If you vote for tyranny, thou shalt receive it. Be sure to make American Out Loud your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. We'll be right back. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to the Mass Security Hour. In the last segment, I laid out the basic foundation for the discussion today, the Stockholm Syndrome, about victims empathizing with their captors. But we have to move on from that to discuss, okay, some other areas that we must pay attention to. There are a number of things ongoing in the public right now that many have not heard about. For example, the left is now converting U.S. federal buildings into apartments and living facilities for illegals. Mary Fanning, our executive producer, highlighted this for me. They have opened up our borders and are advancing over 8 million illegals over 50 states. That's 160,000 new people for every one of our 50 states. Or you can look at it another way. That's eight cities of 20,000 people being added to every state. At the same time, they're paying off BLM and Antifa and felons and murderers who destroyed $2 billion in property and committed multiple murders in 2020. 
who have yet very rarely have been charged for what is in fact domestic terrorism. We see the likes of Mayor Adams of New York, a sanctuary city moron, governor, who says his state can't handle more than 50,000 illegals. Well, you got 110,000 more that you need to bring in. Where do you think these people go? They're hidden across small towns in America. What do you think the impact on them is? You have a city of several million people in New York, but on the hinterlands, you don't have that. But you have 160,000 people being added to every state, eight cities of 20,000 people being added to every state. They're in small towns where they are given food, health care, and social services, education, and other. And that giant sucking sound on resources is what you're seeing happen across America here. On average, each of these illegal aliens will have probably two children. That doubles it to 16 million plus. On average, it costs 250000 to $300,000 to raise a child in the United States. That's equivalent to 4 to $5 trillion being imposed on Americans just for the current set of illegals the Biden administration has allowed in. And Americans think inflation. You think inflation is going to be the primary concern? Wait until this bow wave starts to hit you with reality. Altogether, you're talking 5 to $22 trillion impact for the illegals that have been here for the last several decades. The Democrats continue to use race as a means to divide, but not unite Americans. They use race to vilify and denounce anyone or any policy that does not comport to their warped dystopian and utopian views. They have now added to this list that use the term transgenderism as a weapon to advance the 03 to 0.5% of the population who are transgender. They don't advance the civil rights of those people or the individual rights of those people, but they've appropriated that term to denounce, control, and censor and attack others and call others racist who do not buy into their broad application of allowing men with penises into women's restroom. So let's take a look at a few examples of how this Stockholm syndrome is playing out with Democrats in the liberal progressive cities like D.C., the District of Crime, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., Detroit, Chicago, New York, and Baltimore. Where daily, <clears throat> daily in the newspapers and on the weekends, you see murders, crime, rape, drugs, massive homelessness, all are advanced. Businesses are destroyed or fined in this process as well. Businesses are destroyed and fined, and for those who are low income and on poverty line or below the poverty line, they have nowhere else to go. Progressive cities, which are all far left, have been blue for many decades, and they've gone to hell in a handbasket. But you have to understand, if the left is willing to do this to their own people, the people who are voting for them, what do you think they're going to do to the rest of America? When you come to 2024, you better damn well think about this. It is a quest to create fear and chaos, anarchy and mayhem, and advance the felons, the thieves, the murderers, and the rights of the illegals over you, the law-abiding citizen, the peace-loving Americans. They care not whether you're Democrat, Republican, white, black, Indian, Hispanic, whatever. No, you are necessary collateral damage. So let's look at the District of Crime. <clears throat> the Washington Times, in an article by Matt Delaney, notes that the number of holdups reported by the Metropolitan Police Department has exploded by nearly 60% this year as three thieves brazenly confront citizens outside of bars, public libraries, and apartments. 
Now, you want a perfect example of the Stockholm Syndrome? Listen to this lady. This lady, Sabrina Valenti, says, I hate this narrative. Oh, DC is so crime-ridden. But she says, but at the same time, you do have to have an absolute nonsense out of nowhere irresponsible people. It almost makes me wonder if they realize they have a potential to take someone's life. I mean, can you be more moronic than this individual? It almost makes me wonder if they realize they have the potential to take someone's life. I mean, how stupid is this person? Are you kidding me? Just listen to this line of lunacy and you try to understand and you can figure out what this Stockholm syndrome comes in. You know, three 18-year-olds were arrested for this, and they, they robbed six other people in less than 24 hours across the district. Now, let's look at beautiful San Francisco, which used to be beautiful, by the way, very peaceful, very beautiful, very clean. But <clears throat> a number of different articles. You could just go down the list. You can Google them yourself. NBC Bay Area in June said major retailers have left downtown San Francisco. But now some small business owners say they're considering moving out too. Crime, homeless issues, and expensive rules and regulations from City Hall are taking their toll. So they're destroying their businesses from within. They're destroying their tax base from within. They're creating a more dependent state and pushing all their tax base out of the state. The New York Post, at least 22 big-name businesses have closed or announced plans to flee the area around San Francisco's Union Square, including trendy retailers. And two of the biggest cities' hotels. Newsweek magazine. June also. Struggling with rampant homelessness, a drug crisis, surging crime, and several business closures, San Francisco is no longer the thriving city it used to be. Its decline in recent months has led some to say the city is dying. Well, maybe that's why Nancy Pelosi is living there. I think there's an analogy there somewhere. The San Francisco Coloner. Chronicle in May, 148,000 residents who left San Francisco, who filed their last tax returns in 2021, collectively made about $22.7 billion for an average annual income of $153,000. They're all leaving. It's amazing. In another Epic Times article, a resident of Tenderloin, a drug-infested neighborhood overrun with crime, Okay, this witness described this as a zombie apocalypse, a fentanyl genocide. He said every morning he must navigate his way through sidewalks littered with needles, human waste, and even dead bodies. He describes Frisco as a fourth world country within a first world country, meaning it's a crap hole, third world crap hole inside the United States. But this is what's happening across all our liberal progressive cities. Living in San Francisco has been a wild ride, this individual Stelco said. He personally witnessed the city going from a cultural capital to technological capital to a fentanyl capital. And he gets the nail on the head with this one. He says, local leaders who gained an appetite for tax tech money soon found themselves desperate to quench the newfound appetite for money. The only other way for them to achieve, was, achieve this was to enable homeless industry complex by allowing fentanyl to plague their community. Now, let's take a look at the transgender issue. <clears throat> So you have what's happening in the liberal progressive cities. Let's take a look at the more cultural aspects, what's ha happening across the United States here. In a very well-written but lengthy study titled The Corrosive Impact of Transgender Ideology, it's written by Joanna Williams, Civitas, that was published in 2020. 
by the Institute for the Study of Civil Society. Very good paper, by the way. Very good study. You should. And this study hits the nail on the head. Let me read from the study because it helps you understand and explain how the radical left appropriates an issue like transgender rights, like abortion and other things as well, and then morphs it into a social justice weapon to advance not individual rights, but to subjugate the rights of the majority. The study states in the summary section, in less than two decades, transgender has gone from a term representing individuals and little used outside of special communities to signifying a powerful political ideology driving significant social change. At the level of the individual, this shift has occurred through the separation of the gender from sex before bringing biology back in via a brain-based sense of gender identity. This return to biology allows for the formation of a distinct identity group, one that can state claim to being persecuted, depends on continued validation, continued validation and confirmation from an external audience. However, all critical discussions is a threat to this public validation, meaning you can't have a critical discussion about transgenderism and what it actually is, as is often effectively curtailed, the study says. However, this is only half the story. The study goes on to say in the summary, the total number of transgender individuals remains tiny, again, 03 to 0.5% of the population. That transgender has moved from a niche to a mainstream tells us more about the rest of society than it does about the transgender individuals. What it says here is that we draw a distinction between transgenderism and transgender individuals. The term transgenderism is used to refer to an ideological movement, an ideological movement that challenges sex-based rights and actively promotes the idea that a person's gender identity has no connection to an anatomy. In other words, no connection to science, no connection to reality, no connection to fact. It's all fiction. It's a political agenda. As I said before, the left uses ways, ideology, religion, and issues such as transgenderism to push things. The study goes on to say transgender, transgenderism has come to be not just accepted, but often promoted in key public institutions as education, health, social work, the police and prison service. The expansion of transgender rights has gone hand in hand with the expansion of state and institution regulation of speech and behavior. What this highlights is a significant difference between today's transgender activists and the gay rights movements of previous era. The study states where the gay rights movement was about demanding more freedom from the state for people to determine their sex lives, unconstrained by the laws in line with our constitution. The transgender movement demands just the opposite. It calls for the recognition and protection from the state. How? In the form of intervention to regulate the behavior of those outside the identity group. So we've seen this numerous times. <clears throat> we've seen this numerous times in the press, how they try to regulate you, they censor you, they cut you down. You hear this as the gaseous fumes explode from the herd on the view when they continue to push this crap. And it's, that's not even far enough. I mean, it's even gone further insane in some ways. So there's another article by Wesley Smith in the Epic Times where he, where he states that renaming parts of the body that are uniquely female in objectifying ways is also becoming ubiquitous. It's amazing here. What he says here is perhaps the most worst example comes from a politically potent 
LGBT advocacy organization called the Human Rights Campaign. And in a booklet for Safer Sex for Trans Body, the booklet erases the term vagina as the proper word for a biological woman's genitalia and replaces it with the crude term frontal. Frontal. It then goes on to say his article, Wesley Smith, the guide engages even greater surrealism by claiming that real vaginas are surgically crafted during transition surgery from male to female. Not to be outdone, a cervical cancel charity in, in the United Kingdom recently renamed vaginas as, you're not going to believe this, bonus holes. <laughs> oh, my God. Bonus holes. The mind absolutely boggles at the misogynist's cordiness of what's going on here. So they're... The misogynist nature of the left comes out here. They're not for feminist rights, stuff like that. They look at you as either having a front hole or a bonus hole. And you know what the bonus hole is? That's just amazing. It's a very danger that Shifley warned about years ago when she was fighting for cultural liberalism in the ERA. Indeed, now a civil right in some states for trans women with intact male genitalia, they can walk into female bathrooms, locker rooms, and other intimate spaces. They all they have to do is declare themselves transgender. They can walk in any female restroom, children's restroom, or others. Just amazing. But the decline doesn't stop there. The impact and stuff on different there doesn't stop there. As I mentioned, issues, other issues. So education. They're turning education into indoctrination arms of the left. So Evan Piper is in the Washington Times, released a Gallup poll and talked about a Gallup poll that was just released, showing public confidence in Americans' higher education is plummeting. Why is that? Because of the woke, ideologically nutcase professors who have these tenure. They got to get rid of tenure. They got to get rid of these professors. Anyhow, the national survey conducted in June found that only 36% of Americans now say they have confidence in colleges and university because they've realized now that they're indoctrination centers. They're not higher education centers. <clears throat> you had the two nuts from Harvard just come out and say that the president should ignore the Supreme Court if he disagrees with them. There you go, higher education, Harvard. The same people that hired a number of complete idiots for the professors. Unbelievable. The number was 57% in 2015 in terms of Americans had confidence in their education systems. That's a 21-point drop in eight years, the article goes on to say. In 2015, this individual, the author, Piper, Everett Piper, said in his second decade as president of Oklahoma Westland University, something disturbing began happening at various colleges and universities. Now, remember, I tell you, the left plans well ahead. They think well ahead. He says here, the students were literally weeping and wailing on their respective campuses simply because someone wore a Halloween costume they didn't like. This quickly morphed into the snowflake rebellion because of the apparent emotional fragility of its proponents. And he says the suggestion that a bunch of 18-year-olds should be empowered to dictate what could be discussed on campus was laughable. But this is exactly what they're doing today. They're censoring conservatives across the United States, stopping them from speaking on campus. He says, I reminded my students that the goal of classical liberal arts education is not a participation trophy, but rather to pursue the truth. He says he told them that a good lecture was supposed to make them feel uncomfortable much like my recent discussions at the Army War College, which I'll talk about in a second when we come back from break. But before we go to break, America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on iHeartRadio. 
You can also listen to it on a media player from any web browser in the world. We have the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24 by 7. And now you can hear all of those, all those on a podcast. Just go to americaoutloud.news, americaoutloud.news. I'll be right back. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. I'm Ed Huglin, your host for today. I've talked about the Stockholm Syndrome. I've talked about the transgenderism and some of the issues that are affecting us based on how the left is driving these different issues to usurp power. So let me talk about a few other quick things. So as I mentioned before the break, I just I lecture each year at the Army War College on cognitive warfare. And each year I challenge the students there to make them feel uncomfortable. So I brought up the transgender issue. I brought up the issues of race and other things. And it was stupendous that I actually found a few snowflakes in the class of senior military officers. One asked, because I support transgenderism, does that make me the enemy? I said, no. What it, what it says is that you don't understand what the transgenderism issue is. It's not about individual rights. It's about subjugating others' rights. So it was a good, lively discussion. But you have to have these discussions in the academic and free world because that's what makes America great. Okay. Not because everyone's perfect, but because we're imperfect, but we have frankful, truthful discussions back by our Constitution. So let's look at BLM and Antifa payoff. New York uh, and the Washington Times notes that 2020 Black Lives Matter protests, $2 billion in damage. But now New York City has paid, paid them $13.7 million. That's about $10,000 per demonstrator. 
Okay, this is going on around America. So how do they fund themselves? They go out, they create these riots, they don't get prosecuted, and then they come back and they sue the police and these liberal progressive cities. <clears throat> but because you have liberal progressive attorney generals and district attorneys there, they cave and they pay them. It's payback. It's sure as hell pure payback. Okay. Now, it's part of a larger scheme in which leftist agitators use sympathetic democratic city bureaucracies to fund their activities. This is what Dinesh D'Souza arrived at. But when I first read this article, that's exactly what I thought right away. I mean, it's so obvious. Now, let's take a look at we're in a, we're in a true cognitive war, a domestic cognitive war here. But Robert Knight, like many other people, he works at the Washington Times, calls this a cultural war. Okay. Culture is just part of it. It's not just a cultural war. This is a war for absolute blood sport, for power and absolute control and subjugation. But Robert Knight says in his article, why would Republicans want the military to prepare for real wars when fighting cultural wars is so much more fun? And he points to columnist Catherine Rample from the Washington Post. He says she's especially torqued that the defense bill would ban pride flags and require military-run schools to remove radical gender ideological books. He says, if I read her correctly, the way to prepare to fight real wars is to saturate our children on military bases with LGBTQ and climate change propaganda, bring in drag queens and indoctrinate service members in the latest woke ideology. He's spot on there. This is part of the cognitive war. He says, anyone trying to undo this mess and allow the armed forces to focus instead of defending the country is somehow labeled as weakening the military. Like the good senator currently has a hold on a number of different promotions. The senator from Alabama. Okay, Godspeed to him. I hope he continues it. Now, Epic Times, Jonathan Madison had a great article. Great article that talks about the war for the soul of America. Okay. And in it, he quotes King Solomon. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to tear down and a time to plant. A time of war and a time of peace. He says in the article, King Solomon made it clear his wisdom applies far and wide virtually to every season and cycle of our, of our lives, individually and collectively. They call for us to unite in defunding the only institution standing between us and crime, our police departments. That's what the left wants. They urge us to create success out of our culture by way of individual entitlements, guarantees, and handouts. They don't look to create success by your blood, sweat, and tears, capitalism, the American dream, working for it. No, no. Entitlements, guarantees, and handouts, he writes. He says, in many aspects, we were asked to reject the former necessity of hard work, ambition, and sacrifice. See where they're going here again? Expanding the plantation of dependency. He says, to be fair, it isn't that conservatives have been silent for the past three decades, but rather that the left has broken the sound barrier of cultural politics. From inundating propaganda and free healthcare and education for all to concept of housing as a human right. All without cost to anyone in society. You know, take, take a look what I just got done talking about in the last segment. Five to $22 trillion being imposed on you by the illegal immigrants and paying for those attacks without you knowing the tax. We've seen the cancellation of Ben Shapiro. We've seen the cancellation of Dave Chappelle. 
He says we can no longer refer to those in business of illegal drugs as drug dealers. We must refer to them as drug workers. You can't talk about prostitutes anymore. You have to talk about them as sex workers. But what he's highlighting here is the ongoing cognitive war, the Orwellian dystopian nature of their words and how they use them to abuse you. He says, we must reject the perilous movement to defund our police force, debunk the myth that individual entitlements are the path to success. And we must remove the woke mouthpiece from the lips of every American. And once again, allow us, again, the liberties that come with the First Amendment right to free speech. He goes on to say, we must now seed, sow the seeds of hard work, ambition, and sacrifice, the blood and bone and sinew upon which our democracy rests. We must recognize that we're in a war, a cultural war that's taking place here in America, a war for every soul of our nation. Now, I have to applaud him for saying that, <clears throat> because while he thinks it's a cultural war, it's an ongoing cognitive war. It's been ongoing for a millennium or more, or continue for a millennium or more past our lives. Okay. It is a cultural war, but it's a cognitive war because it's much more encompassing than just the cultural aspects. There's ideology, there's religion, and there's issues that are being used here. But he ends the article by saying, the time to speak truth to power is now. The time to uproot lies choking our culture. It's time to wage war against any threat to the foundations upon which our democracy rests. I hope to see you on the battlefield. Now, this was a great opinion piece, and the column is spot on. Because we are in this domestic cognitive war, and it is, is a war, it is the existential threat to our republic, and to our security, and to our prosperity. Now, what's the impact of all this? We have to take a look at the impact of all this, okay? Take a look at the impact of larger progressive cities, banishing families, shrinking schools. Because who the hell wants to raise their kid to be indoctrinated, either in a lower education system, grade school, or higher education system like Harvard, when all you have is woke liberal morons teaching you a bunch of crap and how to hate your country. Time to get rid of these people, time to get rid of the teachers unions. But it says the share of public schools in large cities are unlikely to find any relief anytime soon. The next generation of students are abandoning cities, especially the big ones at unprecedented levels. Struggling school districts from New York to Chicago to Los Angeles have had massive hemorrhaging of students. In the words of who? Mayor Eric Adams, that moronic, that moronic idiot from up in New York. The biggest declines are happening in the cities in the mid-Atlantic states, including New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Go figure. New York, New San Francisco, Los Angeles have all had experienced double-digit declines. Are we in a very dangerous time right now that many people are not realizing, Mayor Adams said? The numbers suggest that the worst is yet to come. Well, he's correct about that. The worst is yet to come. There's a lot of things that be coming his way. So you take a look what's happening in the liberal progressive cities across America. You have to be amazed that people are still not only living there, but to continue to vote for the same people for the same reason over and over again. It's the Stockholm Syndrome. They've used the weapon of transgenderism. They use the cultural wars against education, against society, against the police. They use these different aspects to push the subjugation of Americans at every 
possible instance. You've seen them use the Western weapons and the national security apparatus, the FBI, our intelligence community, against you, the people. And yet they continue to vote for the same people, thinking something different is going to happen. You have to get out of this ideological bound, this Stockholm syndrome, and quit empathizing with your captors. Because this is how Venezuela, Venezuela went to hell in a handbasket. This is how the Soviets overtook Eastern Europe. This is how China subjugated the billion plus people in China and continue to do so. They have a collective strategic communications. They have a collective strategy and they implement it methodically on a regular basis. And Americans must wake up and understand what's going on here in our country. <clears throat> so you have a Stockholm syndrome. You have to figure out how do we get out of this? Well, how do we get out of this if we have to start to understand what are the policies that we can put in place to break this? And we must take a look at our candidates for president and ask them to stop whining about themselves and fighting with one another and start laying out what exactly, what exactly are they going to do for America? What are their policies? What are the policies they're going to put in place to then reduce the weaponization or remove the weaponization of our national security apparatus against us? What specific policies were they put in place at the state, local, and federal level to get rid of the teachers' unions? What policies were they put place in place at the state levels as governors to get rid of the indoctrination centers called higher education systems and return education to what it's supposed to be, a free and open debate in society of ideas? We have to start asking these people, what are their policies? <clears throat> We're a year out from the election. And I have no idea what the policies are that people are going to be put forth. There's a few out there that have been put forth. It's too late to fix the voting rights this year. We can't demand everybody having a, a, a respective identification. Because the Democrats have squashed that as racist. They've won the narrative on that for the time being. Yet you need an identification to get in the White House to go on a plane and a variety of other reasons, but you can't get one to vote. And then you see them taking driver's license and other means of identification you can use to vote. And then in Democrat-run cities, widely distributing those to illegal citizens now. Illegal aliens. My, my pardon, they're not citizens, they're illegal aliens. So we have to take a look at what our strategy is, what our policies are, what's the plan for implementation for this. Because I'm telling you, as a bureaucrat with four decades of experience inside, inside the tent, you're not going to go in there and fix things unless you take care of the critical but boring things. You have to fix the human resources system. You have to fix the civil service system. You have to reorganize and restructure the intelligence community. Day number one, <clears throat> you have to create massive disruption and at the same time, take what's working well and continue that to move on. You have to reduce the size of the federal bureaucracy significantly, the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense, the 1% is not enough. In my forthcoming book, 
on cognitive warfare, why we are losing, how we will win, which should come out the end of August. I speak to these different types of solutions. But we have to get past these things. We have to start to talk about the reality of what solutions can take place here. One of them is the Department of Defense can no longer be six several services. It has to be one service with functional domains. It has to be more fully integrated. We waste billions of dollars, billions of dollars with non-integrated titanium cylinders of sub-excellence across the military services. We're wasting hundreds of million dollars on woke policies that they're putting in place and driving with the CRT 1619 and even having drag queen shows on, which the Secretary of Defense and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mussolini Milley, say aren't happening, but they continue to happen. So for Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, the others, blowhards like Chris Christie, what are your policies? What exactly are the policies you're going to put in place to fix things? Ramaswamy seems like a nice guy. But what are your policies? What's your experience? Who's on your cabinet? Because you can't go into this next administration here if we, in fact, have an election and if we, in fact, win. You cannot go in there day one and then start to figure out what you have to do. If you don't have your plan ready, you don't have your team built now, and you don't have that outline, then what's going to happen in 2024? You're going to see what didn't happen in 2020. You're going to see the Antifa folks, the BLM folks, the radical extremists, along with probably the 40,000 to 50,000 Chinese military-age men and thousands of illegal aliens funded by their cartels cause mass chaos, anarchy, okay, and undertake small mini-revolutions like you've seen in Paris, but across the United States. This is their plan. I believe this is their plan. They almost executed it in 2020. They tried it out beforehand. Remember the summer of love? That was a that was a uh, just a just a test run, a small test run of what the hell they're going to bring to America, the hell they will bring to America if they're allowed to. <clears throat> so we've come full circle. We have to discuss the Stockholm syndrome and understand why is it these people continue to vote for insanity, to continue to vote for cultural wars, to push subjugation of Americans versus our freedoms, our opportunities is the best country in the world. We have to continue to push back on the BS and start to focus on what the impact of their policies are, call out what their policies are, and highlight the failed Democrat policies of what is done not only to black families, to all American families. Take a look at what's happening in the progressive cities with transgenderism, the felonies, the anarchy, the rapes, the homelessness, from the district crime to San Francisco, from East Coast to West Coast and take a look what's happening. You have to take a look and ask the Democrats the same thing. Is why, why are they voting for the same things when their policies apparently, uh, obviously have not worked? And ask Mayor Adams, so if you support being sanctuary city, then why aren't you just shutting your mouth up and handling it? Now you're talking about the complaint and burden, what's costing a city of millions of people. Well, what do you think the rest of a small town America is having to deal with? It's total abysmal. It's disgusting. <clears throat> If you continue to vote Democrat and expect a different outcome, other than the hell you've seen now being created across America, you are by definition insane. If you vote for rhinos and expect to see a difference, you too are insane. If you fail, fail, fail to vote for necessary change or to have your voice heard, to become active 
and loud and pressing for your rights, your freedoms and safety. You are by definition complacent and compliant. You are part of the problem. You are useful idiots, as Lenin stated, and why by default enable the complicit and corrupt, as we've seen with the Bidens and their whole family and their administration. In the end, in the end, impeachment for Biden and his cronies is not the remedy. Actions as Biden has taken, as I've noted many times before, constitute treason. Treason be charged by the Constitution and state law at the federal, state, or local level. It's in our Constitution. If you abrogate your oath and you conduct insurrection and subversion in the United States, you're acting as foreign agents without registering, etc. You're connect, you're conducting treason. Given the corruption of our Attorney General Garland and the FBI, it'll be incumbent. It'll be incumbent upon the state's attorney generals to put forth the accusations and to put forth the trials of treason. We, the people, have the power. The states have the power. We have just to help all Americans understand how they can then exercise that power to advance the security and resilience of a republic. I'm here on the National Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.